Salam Radio Show acknowledges that the land from which we're broadcasting is the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. The colonial project is ongoing and continues to disenfranchise First Nation people. I recognize that sovereignty has never been ceded and like to pay my respect to elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Salam y'all and welcome to Salam Radio Show. I'm your host Marushti and I have a special guest today. Her name is Sophia Sabah and she's on the phone with me. Hello Sophia. Hi Myrna, can you hear me? Yes, it's working. <laughs> Great. Um, so, yeah, uh, for the listeners, you're tuning to Salam Radio Show on 3CR Community Radio. And for this show, I have with me a Palestinian artist, Palestinian-Australian artist called Sophia Sabah. Hi, Sophia. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming, Sophia. Um, yeah, I've been uh, a big fan of what you do. I feel like you're one of those people that kindness shines through their art. And as a Palestinian, your connection to your land stays true to you. And yeah, you've done a lot of beautiful work across Nam with painting murals and um, doing comics and yeah, a lot more as well as initiatives such as a film documentary that is happening at the moment at the Black Spark so, Cultural yeah. Center. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to give us a little bit of background about yourself? Let's get to know you a bit more. Oh, sure. <laughs> well, um, that was nice, what you've just said. I've listened to your show a lot, so it's, it's quite surreal being inside it. <laughs> I was born here on Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung country. It's my dad who came here as a refugee from Palestine, or well, born as a refugee in Jordan. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I guess the connection to Palestine has come through him and through my grandparents' stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I've been able to go back there, unlike anyone else in my family here. My brother was put in jail for three nights for trying to go. Um, so then me, after him, mm-hmm. uh, I had some help from... Um, Israeli activists to get allowed in, um, but even then, it's always uh, <laughs> it's always a shit show working with um, the borders trying to get into Palestine. But um, mm. yeah, so I've got a lot of the settler colonial culture in me as well, growing up here, mm. and I think that's always been a strange. Mm. Um, and shit thing to come to terms with, uh, seeing the injustice happening there and then knowing that I'm a, mm. um, a part of the settler colonial culture here and paying the taxes that support it all. And on my mum's side, it's Irish convicts. So I, I love the Irish resistance and the support for Palestine and everything over there. And that history is 
phenomenal. But then as soon as the convicts came to Australia, uh, they became the settler colony here. And I, I like to connect with that part of it as well because I think there's a lot of Australians here who have that and mm. recognising those stories are really important to dismantling the system um, which is racist and mm-hmm. um, marginalising people. Mm. So, yeah, I guess that's kind of inspired a lot of my art. And I try to do lots of community engagement work. I've studied a Master's of Art Therapy now mm. because of that cultural... Um, not cultural, really, actually, um, community arts as a way for people to mobilise and resist. And I guess I see that in Palestine as being so full of heart and so powerful and and that's really inspired me here, but it's so different here, (laughs) the culture, yeah. Yeah, definitely, I guess. A lot of immigrants who are marginalised share the same feeling of, also being a settler and even you know settlers as well which is not a nice thing to come in terms with but yeah I mean doing something about it that's like one thing one way of you know making it a bit better yeah Yeah, and I feel like to a degree Mm. the discomfort of it Mm. is useful especially at the moment when the government is proving to just um, be supporting yet another genocide I think it's actually good to feel uncomfortable about definitely that position here rather than to try and think oh how can I make it comfortable Mm. yeah exactly like I mean we need to feel that discomfort Um, and this is normal like this is not something that I guess hide from. It's something that we need to face and acknowledge and Yeah, and it seems like at the moment I don't quite know the incentives behind a lot of people, but a lot of people are wanting to mobilize and mm. and get involved, which um has been such a great contrast to a lot of the you know, horrible news reporting and mm. um, and all of that. Uh, so yeah. that's exciting. Definitely. Just just going to the protests just before the show and mm. seeing, like, how inclusive the protest is and um, how everyone is coming on board and, you know, uniting on, you know criticizing the government and supporting the Palestinian and speaking out against genocide this cause is uniting us because we know it's you know it's it's all part of this world and I, I f- yeah I remember us talking just previously about um like uh, how it all needs to come together like uh, I was t- telling you about like a lecture a class that I had at uni where it's an environmental class, but Mm. the way they described environmentalism and sustainability is it has to be encompassing participation and equality as well. And if that doesn't happen, we won't have a sustainable world. 
and we will ruin our environment. And it's like suicidal. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you are, you are, you have interest in environmental topics and um, a lot of your comics touch on, you know, plants, mm. native plants, even weeds. And it's really beautiful to, to, to see it to see how you express yourself in those comics and it's, <laughs> you can, anyone can relate to them did you want to talk a little bit about that that aspect i guess what i just thought of then was how um you, it's it makes a piece of art more beautiful when you incorporate the natural environment mm. into the story yeah. <laughs> and as well as the feelings that birds and trees evoke in me which I love they're stories that of the plants around us they they do parallel the stories of of migration you know as different mm. waves of migration came into Melbourne for example we've got different weeds coming into Melbourne and mm. and there are stories with all of these ways the landscapes have been moved and mm. and I um and I I feel like at, at the same time as there is a, um, a cultural warfare, psychological warfare using trees in the native environment, like mm. you can see that in Palestine, which kind of relates to the film we're watching on this Thursday. But, mm. um, is it, you know, similar stories in Australia and then the the process of community to resist that and plant the trees again um, or plant the olive trees in Palestine or over mm -hmm. here, plant native grasses or what have you. They are ways of community um, mobilising to learn about their impact here and and I guess I like how through, through the story of our local environment we can unpack those human stories too. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah, so you can... You can do it with anything. Yeah. I think actually neo-Nazis <laughs> use um, trees and the natural environment to then convince people of racist stories. Um, wow. So, yeah, <laughs> um, which I find really interesting because it's like I love um, telling human stories through plants and they actually do it with their own intent. Mm. Um in terms of like, oh, this, uh, this is, this is natural. The environment, this. So don't allow refugees to come in. Yeah, I don't quite, I don't quite put those same strings together. But it is a, it is a much more engaging form of storytelling. <laughs> yeah, it's also hypocritical knowing that settlers were refugees in a way more than not refugees, but they came to an environment that's not theirs. And now they don't want anyone else to come, which is ironic to... Absolutely. Um, yeah. There's lots of irony in their argument. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I really want to talk more ab about your comics, but we can direct this conversation whatever way it goes. Because mm. um, I really I would, would love anyone who listens to the show to check out your account and look at those comics because <laughs> they really stem from the heart. Like... You even share, like, you know, vulnerable stories such as losing your keys and finding strangers that helped you find it. And um, 
yeah, um, like your fear of deep water. Sorry, I'm a bit of a stalker. (laughs) But um, they're really like vulnerable stories that anyone, not vulnerable, but like you show a little bit of vulnerability that anyone can relate to. But also there's a lot of strengths in them and and good um, ethics to get out of them. (laughs) But yeah, um, you also, some of your most recent um, comics are... Uh, about Palestine but also you've been doing that before as well and it's you know it's it shows how it all relates together as well one of your comics for example discusses universities and um the Uh, rules the IHRA definition of anti-semitism yeah yeah can you tell us about this one for example um, well, I actually worked on that one with APAN and Nura from APAN, the amazing Nura. But uh, so um, since then, Latrobe and Melbourne Uni have adopted a IHRA definition of anti-Semitism. It's basically a definition which says that any insult to Israel or criticism of Israel is anti-Semitic and and also if you're supporting Palestine, it's anti-Semitic. Um, mm. Or, well, it's been kind of stretched to that. It's been used against support for Palestine. Mm. Um, Which and has so, always mm. been used to silence what, um, Palestinian and, you know, silence... Oh. But, Absolutely. Yeah. And we've already got the Anti-Discrimination Act, which covers all, mm. um, you know, forms of discrimination. And that, that should be enough. But um, in all over the world, Israeli lobby groups have been pushing for places to adopt this logo. And I forget which uni it was, but um, when the Palestinians in Australia were begging them not to adopt this definition because it... It put out staff, like um, Mareka, who was at the film night. She's been helping mm. me run the film night. She's been teaching about Palestine as an architect at Melbourne Uni. Yeah. And she hasn't lost her job, but she's not allowed to teach that subject anymore in Palestine. Whoa. Um, and they haven't given her any explanation, but it's been since the uni's adopted that definition. Um, so it's definitely having consequences on educators here yeah that's that's crazy that even education is um is being censored even yeah i mean it was before but now publicly and there's not much going on to stop that i guess and in um uh london this was actually years ago Mm -hmm. they didn't allow a fundraiser for kids in Gaza. It was like a bike ride fundraiser mm. because they um, suspect, you know, that in case it was anti-Semitic, they wouldn't let it happen. Yeah. 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 And, and waving the Palestinian flag has been associated um, with anti-Semitism due to that definition too. So that's been banned in different countries. and mm. The propaganda goes deep in... A lot of institutes, especially yeah, in the West, it's crazy. Yeah, well, one university said, I think I started saying this and then got um, derailed. Mm. One university was 
um, being asked by... It was being told that it would inhibit academics' as freedom of speech. And the university said, look, the um, these lobby groups pushing us to adopt the definition are mm. too annoying. Like, they're putting so much pressure on us that it's so much easier for us to adopt the definition, even though we know that it's Whoa. futile, that it's dumb. It's just easier to adopt it. And that just makes me wonder... That's a lame excuse. What the media, like the ABC isn't letting reporters go to the rallies, Mm -hmm. Um, hence their lack of reporting of the rallies. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's also because they're getting so... um, Harassed. Harassed, yeah. Yeah. And so that's a little hint for any listeners out there to thank any news channels that have any good reporting Mm. and to... I There's guess, you many. know, we don't, we don't want to be like the lobby groups, but... Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, true. We don't want to be that, but no. <laughs> we need to counteract Wait. it. That's, yeah. I don't know what the solution is, but that's wrong. <laughs> yeah. I guess supporting the independent media... Mm, true. Is, um, ...is good, I, but if I, that's still not going to affect all the disinformation that's getting to... Yeah. The masses. Yeah. yeah, it's a big problem because independent media don't have enough funding. And it's kind of like, yeah, newspaper and TV, like, I guess the new generation, it's kind of like losing its... Like, me talking to people at work, actually, they're like, yeah, we don't believe the news. <laughs> it's just common knowledge that the news mm. is not... You know, it's not good anymore. It doesn't have a standard anymore. Um, mm. Or we're waking up to that. I'm not sure which one is which. But, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. And yeah. I guess, yeah, and, and even social media is censored. But because of the pressure, because of the access to all of us to it, it's kind of breaking that algorithm. Um but yeah, I feel like community radios need a lot of support and and I feel like youth need to be more involved in community radio. We, we need to bring that oh, attention again, maybe. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, yeah, I feel like, yeah, there's a huge lack of interest in politics, which is maybe coming back now, um, uh, which I noticed. Uh, but yeah. Because we're very comfortable, and um, yeah, let's work with schools. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about. Well, one step is to do a documentary series. <laughs> um, so, and uh, yours is on Palestine, and it's at the Black Spark cultural center yeah um two films have been shown so far and there's one more left which i um i actually saw it last night because i thought (laughs) i thought it was the one that you did first which is a dumb mistake Uh. because obviously the first one needs to be about the nakba (laughs) and that was your first movie yeah um but it's a great great movie and i want you to talk how good is it it's amazing um like a genius movie um yeah and it's called the wanted 18 right yeah the Mm. wanted 18 um it's 
It was written by Paul Cohen and Amr Shamali directed it and did the art for it. Mm-hmm. And it's about cows in Beit Sefur, <laughs> <laughs> set in the first intifada. And so it, it goes into the context of um, the occupation and how that uh, affects people living in the West Bank. And, of course, Beit Sefur is a Christian village. It is more privileged than the other mm-hmm. parts of the West Bank. And I guess also for me, coming from a Christian family, mm. I find that more that those that culture is a bit more relatable for me too. Mm. But uh, people probably might not know this, but in the West Bank, Palestinians don't have their own economy, so all taxes go to Israel. All of your food, your supplies, if you want to start a business, you have to get it through Israel. So all tax goes to Israel, Palestinians are taxed way more than um, Israeli people. I mean, Israeli illegal settlers are, mm-hmm. um, like, incentivized to live in um, in the West Bank, so they get discounts. So, um, so it's part of the intifada, as well as all of the kind of protesting. In Beit Sahur, they became fully independent. They said, I don't want to pay all these taxes to Israel, what can we do? And they, this film goes through this village becoming self-sufficient um, to the point of deciding, which is just crazy for Palestinians because it's out of the culture, to get cows when usually, you know, it's goats or sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, so this village has never um, milked a cow. No, one, no one's ever dealt with cows. They get cows in um, into the village and, of course, the IDF. I'm telling the whole film, but yeah. So, so it's about it's about resistance mm. through cows, and so it makes you laugh. It's a beautiful story. I guess the spin on it is the cows are the wanted eighteen, and they do get um. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to ruin it more. Thanks, but. Really. Yeah, I know. It's it's really worth watching. Yeah, yeah. It's a really clever, clever film, and it really shows how. When people get together and mm. talk and um, and resist and love each other, like love is important, love themselves, because a lot of those characters in the films are very confident. And mm. there's no way that the Israeli, um, the IDF soldiers will break their spirits, mm. no matter what they did. Um, because they knew they knew their value. They knew that they were human beings that are that need respect, that demand respect. And they were playing with the, <laughs> with the IDF. They were, mm. like, I'm not saying it was easy. It wasn't easy. There were, there were some mm. dramatic uh, parts of this movie. It's never easy. But it makes you live. Like, I love the end when people talk about their experience, who lived that resistance, that intifada. That's the, one of their best memories in life, um, mm. even though it was very harsh and... You know, not right to go through it. Mm. So yeah, that that's one of the, the thing that I got out of the doco. But also, there was really cute comics in there about the cows. Yeah. And actually, the filmmaker is a Palestinian who lived in Syrian refugee, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, I think yeah. that he wrote the film. Yeah, he, he wrote, wrote the, the story, film. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and he's a great comic, so it w- it's such a good movie. I can't wait. I yeah. really, I really want anyone. Yeah, even if like if you couldn't come, please watch that movie. Well, I'm yeah. a Somali. My friend Lur actually asked him because she knows him. She asked mm. him for the film so that we could screen it on Thursday, mm. and and apparently so many people have been asking him lately that he's just put it up for free. Yeah, well, oh, really? Because um, yeah. we were trying to stream it um, last night, and it was very, very hard to find. It was it oh, was supposed okay. to be on Google Play, and then it's supposed to be on YouTube, but it's taken out for oh. I don't know for what reason. But yeah, um, well, I can send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Yes, please. And um, yeah. it'll be good to share that resources. Uh, we we might share a link later. Uh, yeah, I'll ask you. Um, we can share it on our Instagram account for Salam Radio Show. Um, mm. And Sophia Sabar. Um, follow Sophia Sabar to know more about the documentary. So it's this Thursday. Uh, also, I wanted to say there's other things that include are included in the events. Uh, would you like to talk about it? Yeah. So I guess I might just cover the reason why... Mm. Um, We've held them to begin with. Firstly, I've kind of been coordinating them, but there mm. are so many people wanting to help. So there are mm. heaps of people that bring food, that are helping with the tech and the speakers. And, yeah, it's not just me organising. It's so many people mm. um, wanting to help and getting involved, which makes it so much fun. Uh, so each week we've had different people come and speak or play music. Mm. Uh, doors have opened at six and there's food, as I said, because um, people bring it. Um, it all arrives at different times. Um, and Nada from Kanafe Nabilsiya brought mm. hot Kanafe <laughs> uh, last week, which she said she'd bring some this Thursday too, which makes Ooh, me very happy. Incentive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... So from six, the doors open. There, we have been taking donations for food that go to um, APAN last week and the week before Dahlia Association. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm emphasizing that it's not about fundraising. Same with the T-shirts. Mm-hmm. It's about um, creating more of awareness in Australia to support Palestine and support the freedom of Palestinians and the decolonization of violent settler colonial states and institutions. And and I think there's a lot of people wanting to help and wanting to donate money um, as a way to feel not helpless. Mm. I'm, just, I'm just guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we all know, aid's not getting in yet, and you know, in the West Bank, things are just so violent. Like the situation is just horrific, and I and I think that the best thing we can actually do is to raise enough um, of a movement in Australia to pressure our government to to uh, or pressure institutional ties, like the blocking of the ports, which um, you, where we're connected with. Um, mm. trade with Israel mm. um, to actually put that pressure on Australia's relationship with Israel because Australia is a and 
you know, US and the EU allowing Israel to do what it's doing is um, mm-hmm. is sickening. And that's kind of where I'm more wanting um, people to put their energy rather than in mm. thinking that donating some money will help. Because mm. um, Palestinians would be able to make their own money, you know, like can't even have cows. <laughs> can't even, you know, anyway, you know all this. Um, no, you, so, can, you, can, you can go ahead. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, like I said on my Instagram with the T-shirts, like mm. when I was there last, a T-shirt shop got raided because mm. um, they were exporting T-shirts outside of the West Bank and so they were making money through a business and Ooh. and that's um, um, that's power. And so they got raided, the shop shut down, never to open again and they were really cool T-shirts and then here I am you know, selling T-shirts to fundraise. It's like, no, I don't want to make money to send there. I want to make change so that Australia doesn't allow this occupation to continue. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So people, I want people to wear them to work and talk about it rather than just to, you know, to protest. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, the film nights. <laughs> so it is an opportunity to raise raise the money for APAN, um, mm. Australian Palestinian Advocacy Network, who mm. do a great job at creating, mm. um, platforming Palestinian voices. Yeah. Um, and and then from 6.30 we have, um, we've had different speakers last week, Abby Camille and Basil, Abby singing Camille from Tarabit mm. on the Kanoon and Basil Byrne on the drums. They played some amazing music mm. and that just created such a um, comfortable space for me mm. <laughs> and hopefully everyone else. Um, but, of course, it does feel uncomfortable playing music in that celebratory way in this mm. time, which, um, yeah, kind of... I feel like... We yeah. talked about. Yeah. Pardon? I, I feel like... You know, cultural music is a good thing. And, you you know, like, even, you know, I sometimes listen to music when I'm grieving, just like um, spiritual music or cultural music, because it's, it's good. It's, it's, mm. I, I don't know how to describe it well, but it's, it feels right. And, um, yeah, it's, yeah. everyone grieves differently. But, like, that doesn't mean we should stop celebrating our culture or appreciating it as well. So it's an interesting topic. Um, I've had Nadim with me previously, who is a um, Palestinian artist. Yeah, at the time, we, we did talk about those things and mm. the way we saw, we saw it and Nadim saw it was, like, if you're throwing a fundraiser and calling it and, and it's a it's a party vibe and stuff and wanting mm. to raise fund it doesn't sound right but um no. opposed to if you want to throw whatever events you want and then donate later that sounds right as well but i mean i feel like community events are different they're not like saying oh let's forget about what's happening in palestine and just mm. go nuts it's um Remember, reminding people of the beauty of this culture. Um, mm. 
Yeah. And a unexpected outcome of the film night that a few people um, thanked me for mm. was that it created a sense of solidarity and and a, 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 that feeling of the movement um, and mm-hmm. just being around the culture, Definitely. you know, with the Maranilla tea and the um, mm. Knesset and everything, and 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 there's a lot of protests which we're getting a lot of that solidarity from but to have a less intense environment and have a more mm. lounge room style more relaxed event for people to engage yeah I was... um and talk about it i think that people have really appreciated that um space which i didn't think about mm, definitely um also you had a discussion and people were talking about last time last week i came mm. We're talking about how they felt about the movie and just being in that space and like outside. Also, we all are looking at our phone constantly right now. Um, yeah. And it feels uh, like for some people it could feel like you're isolated. You're, you know, you're on, you're, this, you're on your own. But when you go to these events and know that other people are feeling the same thing, know that other people are understanding what's going on, just listening to those words make things better and um, also create ideas for you know amazing more uh, for other amazing events that have that effect as well yeah they have done that um, mm. yeah the people coming have organized to have commune um, gatherings for calling MPs and making banners mm. um, calling MPs but yeah as that well. was one of the reasons that I organized the film nights because I was as much as Instagram and, and all that have been amazing platforms to be witnessing what's on the ground in Gaza mm. I find that all the trolls and all of the kind of ding 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 of of Instagram um, makes me a bit extra sick and mm. so doing like murals on walls near my house and doing film nights where we can talk in person rather than like, you know, thinking, do I reply to this troll's hate comment or do I not reply to it? You know, like all of those abstract forms of of trying to communicate what we're so emotional about at the moment. Um, Mm. Getting it off the screen and into the public space was just like, I I have to do that for my own sanity. And I think it actually helps with... Um, the movement and the um, that sense of solidarity to to have these spaces um, to be engaging with it in in person in person yeah yeah um, I think we we did talk about something where um, where you were saying uh, but similar topic but for future events um uh like yeah if people want more of this or want to involve you in events um what would be the perfect like the a great setup for for events like that in the future or what would you add more or do more in the future Mm, um that's a good question i think Um, 
Yeah, I guess I've, I've criticised fundraising a little bit. Um, what I found really useful at the um, at these sessions was the uh, the discussion, having time for discussion, and having um, people who were familiar with the history spread out through that. Mm. And then at the end of the film last week, I. I offered to do to answer people's questions as well and and yeah. I guess that was really satisfying offline with a group of people rather than mm. um having to just answer people's questions one at a time mm. um individually uh there's a lot of people that are suddenly wanting to learn about stuff and so I as much as it's like where were you you know, the five, <laughs> ten, fifteen, twenty years ago, whatever. Mm. It's kind of like, okay, it feels good for me to have the patience when I didn't think I would have the patience. Mm. And to actually um, be like, cool, so this person actually wants someone to talk it through with them. And, and in a group dynamic, that's a lot easier. Yeah. So, yeah, having conversation clubs is something that I'm willing to make more mm. time for mm. um, okay. uh, and I don't know if that is um, that useful I guess just after after last week that did feel really mm. um, people seemed pretty grateful for the opportunity to mm. um, to talk through a lot of those mm. yeah definitely um I wanted to play some of the, there's a bit of an echo, so I might just play some ads and come back. The war on Palestine must stop. Come and hear Francesca Albanese, the United Nations Rapporteur on Palestine, speak about the underlying causes of the conflict, the human rights abuses taking place, and the role of international law and accountability in providing Palestinians with self-determination and justice. 6pm, Thursday 16th of November, Drill Hall, 26 Ferry Street, Melbourne. Book at Try Booking or go to the Free Palestine Melbourne Events page for the link. Free Palestine Vic forward slash events. Be active. Be informed. Free Palestine Melbourne is a supporter of 3CR. CR is about community and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch. taking place in Palestine is horrendous. The people of Gaza who have survived ethnic cleansing, three wars and a 16 year siege are now facing the biggest attacks ever mounted against them. 
This will only stop if governments like ours demand that it stop. Here are some ways that you can keep yourself informed and involved. Listen in to Palestine Remembered every Saturday morning at 9.30am or listen to the podcast. Join the APAN mailing list at apan.org.au for updates, news about actions you can get involved in and where you can donate to provide humanitarian assistance. Listen to other news and current affairs programs on 3CR that also cover Palestine. The oppression of the Palestinian people has been going on for 75 years. It has to stop. You can be part of making that happen by staying informed and active. APAN is a proud supporter of 3CR. And so you're tuning to Salam Radio Show on 3CR Community Radio. I'm your host Marushti and I've been speaking to Sophia over the phone. Um, there's been some technical issues, so bear with me. I'm going to try to call Sophia again um but in the meantime i think i want to play um some music this one is an amazing palestinian artist called dream and i'm gonna select a song uh there's a lot of amazing song by rima unfortunately she passed away but her voice is still resonating with us today I'm gonna play The Night Has Fallen Down. بالورقة واكتب 
you're tuning to Salam radio show. I'm your host Marushti and I had Sophia with me on the phone and I'm trying to reach her again. Uh, this time it's going to be on my mobile phone though so it will sound a little bit different. Hi Sophia. Hi. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sometimes really bad with technology so Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, so the phone is not my forte, um, especially in the mm. studio. Um, but yeah. yeah, I I asked you to gather like snippets of those films that you've you've had um, as part of your event, and I wanted to play yeah. snippets of them. Uh, did you want to say th- anything about th- those snippets before um. I play them? Or I'll play them and I then guess, we talk about them. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, we'll find out what which one you're going to play after you play it. <laughs> okay, I think I'll have to call you again. <laughs> um, okay. Because um, it's not going to be the same because this is from my phone. Uh, but I'm going to play okay. the first one. Let's see if it works and you can stay on the line. If not, we'll have to cool. call again. Hi. Hey, I think the volume... Hi, Sophia. I think the volume is, is really low. So I'm just going to play what you sent me on Instagram from Amar Mustafa's account. Yes, she's an amazing historian, Lebanese-Syrian. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to to hear it. They said I was not happy. And I said it will be trouble. ואז ברגע מסוים כנראה החליטו לגרש את הערבים משם וגירשו אותם ואנחנו ראינו את זה. So this short snippet is from the, from the documentary, 1948 Creation and Catastrophe. And it's a documentary about the Israeli-Palestinian, they say conflict, but I guess it's more than that. Yeah, this was the first documentary you've had. And it's a really important yeah, one. It started before that, but the formation of Israel was in 1948. And um, it's on until now, which is one of the longest occupation today. 
So we watched that on week one, just as you said, you know, if you're going to start a series talking about Palestine, you start with the Nakba. Mm-hmm. And before the film, we had Elsa um, Rosenberg come and talk. Um, I think you had her here last week. Yeah, it was really good having Elsa. She's an amazing speaker. Yeah. yeah. She is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so it was great to have her talk a bit about um, Zionism before watching the film too. And then last week we had a reflection on the film where people spoke about what they found most mm. um, interesting and what they learned from it, which was interesting to hear the key points. And I guess one specific thing, because it is a lot of uh, stories from the Israeli soldiers um, leading up to the Nakba, mm. talking through the war crimes they did and the horrific scenes that they were a part of mm. and how a lot of, you know, one guy in that short we just listened to, um, he said, after after that, I don't know if I'm a Zionist anymore. Mm. <laughs> but then what happened was it was after the mass, after all these massacres and the torturing of Palestinians causing them to flee that a lot of migrants came from mm. Europe and didn't, a lot of them didn't witness the massacres that had to happen. Mm. And so they come and become... Zionists and so it's it's interesting hearing the stories from the soldiers talking through Mm. how you know they one woman saying how she took the home of these people going to Gaza and then she's like they're still in Gaza today and it just sends sends shivers up your spine yeah yeah it's it's not good for even even the Israelis to um yeah to to have done that you know it's not good for anything <laughs> um yeah. there's a lot of PTSD for in the IDF and um I think I watched a couple of videos where the soldiers were who are um retired or like disabled at the moment or have uh, severe PTSD they're complaining because they're not even getting enough support from the government and that's what happens also with you know a lot of veterans in world wars and stuff like yeah um it's it's a it's it was it's truly a catastrophe um man-made one as well which is very unfortunate Rising Tide invites you to join the People's Blockade of the world's largest coal port from November 24 to 27 at Mullabimba, Newcastle. 1% of global emissions are from coal shipped through the port. We are in a climate crisis. It can't continue. Thousands of people will gather to demand no new coal and an end to coal exports by 2030 and alternative secure jobs for coal workers. Get on the water or chill out on the beach with live music and more. Register your interest at risingtide.org.au forward slash blockade and we'll get in touch with you. Rising Tide is a free... Yeah, I was wondering, would you? is there anything, any topic you'd like to touch on? Anything you'd like to say? Yeah, I guess just that I'm really appreciative of everyone's efforts 
in contacting their MPs and showing up at rallies and organising and there's so many people mobilising at the moment and mm. putting a, an effort in to make a difference. I'm just really appreciating that. I hope hope it can last. I hope it can become our mm. full-time occupation. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Thanks, Sophia. And, yeah, I recommend to check out Sophia. Uh, Sophia's Instagram and and go to the Black Spark Cultural Center yeah. this Thursday and be involved in in those protests. You're gonna see a lot of amazing cultural and community organizers and uh, yeah, I mean every week it becomes stronger and stronger and you always see familiar faces and it's really beautiful to see that so um yeah i'm sure you'll see sophia there <laughs> and um yeah i'm sure you'll see us all in those events and as um as mohib told us last time he was on the show actually mohib's done an amazing speech at one of the rally and one thing he said is once you know it all once you're involved there's no going back welcome and um palestinians are some of the most hospitable people i know they are very friendly and they're happy to talk and yeah it's an encouragement to anyone who sees sophia to say hi <laughs> and um yeah hopefully yeah this continues until you know palestine is free of course and yeah i guess uh, sorry to give you longer but i guess like one thing about the protests when we say ceasefire it's not just ceasefire we also want freedom we want this to never happen again yeah you can't just ceasefire in gaza there's so much wrong with the occupation at the moment that saying ceasefire is mm. <laughs> it's offensively not enough yeah yeah al jazeera actually just put out a really good little clip on the violence that's been happening in the West Bank. It's like a little video, mm. um, which I think is really good to keep up with too because, yeah, I mean, it's horrific. It's um, mm. it's intense to keep up with. And, and I mean, south of Lebanon too. I, I'd love to hear from you mm. if you've got any insights into how people are going. Mm. I know a lot of people have had to leave the south. Yeah, yeah. Um. yeah they're starting I think it's just I, I haven't seen the recent news but I know there's um bombing um on the south um, and it's I guess it's escalating gradually I think civilians have died as well yeah. and yeah. Um, it's not looking good because it's not just Gaza Gaza has the most horrible um, genocidal war right now um, but it's very important that for everyone to know that it's not just Gaza, it's not just Palestine I I have a, like I know that this is a global crisis it's a global mm. catastrophe and um as we said, actually, I want to touch on that a bit more. Like, 
there's all these things happening in Palestine. There's like um, use of white phosphorus, which is really horrible for yeah. the environment. And you said something really like that stuck with me is that even if Gaza was to be rebuilt, you, the use of white phosphorus is very dangerous. Can, mm. can, you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, I don't know yeah. enough about chemistry, but yeah. just that it's a um, that that is um, a chemical that is absolutely illegal to to mm. be used in warfare, mm. and and it's been used in experimentation, and mm. that you know as well as all the dust pollution in Gaza at the moment, it's uh, not healthy at all to to be living in the dust pollution mm. then there's also the white phosphorus which would be i don't know what kind of long-term health impacts it has but i know mm. that it's like illegal for for a reason it's it's really unhealthy so mm. um yeah i mm. i know they haven't used it really widespread all across the region but it, it would definitely create a lot of areas that are inhospitable yeah yeah it's crazy um the, yeah so there's there's that there's killing of civilians there's um uh you know the sustainability like how do you expect for um for any civilization to live in peace and continuity if you constantly abuse their human right and um treat them like animals even not like animals worse um and yeah there's a lot like this is what's more horrible because there's layers upon layers upon layers of atrocities being done in palestine that shouldn't should never happen um and you know like they've even like the countries like germany and um are stopping people from doing peaceful resistant act like BDS. It's it's illegal in um, I think Germany, but also definitely US, um, which is a violation of human right. We talked about universities being censored. That's another violation. It is it is a global issue, and it's it's very important because this will affect our future. Like if we're gonna copy also. Uh, in Israel, like they want to pass a law. I don't know if it's passed, but that was announced a while ago to sh- to be able to shoot protesters, um, or to make protests illegal. Um, imagine if that happens in Australia. So, like, police violence will increase. We will not be able to protest anything. Our rights will be gradually taken away from us. Um. And we talked about another topic, which is um, the oil in the region. Yeah, the offshore oil yeah. from Gaza. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I haven't looked into it properly, but mm. apparently Israel's already um, been talking with gas companies and including BP mm. to um, start investigating doing the the offshore drilling which you know helps explain why they might be doing what they're doing um yeah i guess it's it's the same story um 
with uh, Western interference in countries that have natural resources, uh, such as Congo, um, the conflict in Azerbaijan between Azerbaijan and Artsakh, Armenian people. Um, it's it's all comes to power, more power, more more oil for only the privileged countries, and whoever is powerless suffer first. And um, it's just we we see it over and over again. But it's a suicidal mm, act because other people who's who are indigenous and mm. so have a connection to that land will suffer first, so that mm. colonizing countries can have access to the resources. Mm. Yeah. Another another thing about environment as well in in Palestine, we know they've been destroying um, and building on top of olive groves. Yeah. Oh which, yeah, that's yeah. been huge since 48 yeah. um i think um just last year 2000 in the west bank got destroyed by israeli settlers like including thousand year old olive trees mm. and since 67 uh, uh up to 800,000 olive mm. trees have been cut down mm. and it's it's a part of the ethnic cleansing. I think Australia has done the exact same thing in clearing the land. Mm. Um, but as well as burning and cutting down olive trees, they've, which is the opposite of Australia, they were planting gum trees <laughs> since even before 48, leading up to it, um, because Britain had a law then that if you kind of planted trees, that gave you right to the land. So um, kibbutzes could kind of spread out and and own more land if they planted Mm. uh, gum trees. And then often they were planted near Palestinian dams to help drain the water so that it was less hospitable for the... Um, people trying to make a living living off the land there and, and actually they they cleared all of the well heaps of the um olive trees that i've said but have also been replacing them with european trees mm. and growing forests over um bedouin country and kicking out bedouins because they say oh we need this mm. forest here trees have been a huge mm. um part of that process of colonization and like the eucalyptus tree was voted in 2012 the most israeli tree mm, it's crazy. which is i you know it's that classic settler culture mm. thing where you your culture comes or you, the nation building comes from the most abstract things like sausage sizzles here and <laughs> <laughs> anyway what were you gonna say no i just want to say bedouin I guess uh, the best description is, I just want to explain what Bedouin is, and I guess nomads. Mm. Yeah. The Bedouins in Palestine that I've met um, in the West Bank, so the ones that have been moved on have actually been Israeli citizens for the forest. They were mm. Israeli citizens. Like, mm. um, there are, what is it, like 30% today? I think about 2 million Israeli citizens are Palestinian, but... um. I know my family, uh, some of them, and they're not allowed. To, they told me I wasn't allowed to say the word Palestine when we were walking oh. around the street. It, they're, it, they're, you know, the lowest class citizens. 
Mm. Um, uh, anyway, um, there's been a lot of people arrested lately for the most abstract forms of, you know, showing support for Gaza. They're being arrested for very, you know, for posting something in support. Um, yeah, we're seeing this but, a lot lately. Yeah. yeah. Talk in that subject of not being able to protest, mm. if you can't even say something over the phone in the privacy of your own home and that you know without getting arrested mm. it's i know it's very scary for my um family that hate that i was talking on the radio oh um, <laughs> yeah. they weren't here and but back to the bedouins mm. in the west bank a lot of the bedouins not so much um nomads have got a permanent dwellings that they live in they've just got a different mm. culture to the more levant arab Mm-mm. it's more of a kind of desert dwelling living off the land culture where they've got lots of livestock like goats and sheep and because they often at least in the jordan valley mm. there's a lot of bedouin communities out there which live in a very, very fertile part of the west bank like the last fertile part of land that palestinians live on And mm. so there's constantly, since 67, been uh, Israeli settlers stealing that land to make, to grow their own farms. And then Palestinians are forced to work on those farms because they're not allowed to set up their own enterprises. Mm. And, and so in those cases, Bedouin land is just stolen. Mm. Um, I, when I was there last, I was... Um, I was literally at, their, at a family's house when they got a letter saying that their house was going to be destroyed. And, it, you know, with no reason, there's never an investigation. Like, Israel gets away with dispossessing people of their land so many times again, killing killing without investigation. The, and the Bedouins definitely have been victim to that again and again. Yeah. Because mm, also in their judicial court, the... You know the judges are Zionists, so and <laughs> and they reject any paper uh, they have of pre ninety four or lease like a con- like title. I guess they reject anything yeah. that's Palestinian. So any formal paper that's Palestinian, the judicial court that proves that it is your house, the judicial court rejects that. Which is crazy. <laughs> But, yeah, yeah, that is. <laughs> um, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, what other proof can you get to prove that it's your house? Is it like an Israeli government that is not acknowledging that you are you were there? Because you know, Zionism was like taught that at the start that the land has no people, the same as what they did in Australia. So. That's the basis of how the court function as well, I guess. But yeah, it's it's crazy. And how many times, Sophia, have you been to Palestine? Oh, I've only been twice. Mm. I am. Um, I'm pretty. I'm pretty nervous mm. about not being let back in again. It's such a. Mm. It's such a hassle at the borders. But yeah, at the moment it's so hard to know what's what it's gonna be like to yeah. think about 
taking place in Palestine is horrendous. The people of Gaza who have survived ethnic cleansing, three wars and a 16-year siege are now facing the biggest attacks ever mounted against them. This will only stop if governments like ours demand that it stop. Here are some ways that you can keep yourself informed and involved. Listen in to Palestine Remembered every Saturday morning at 9.30am or listen to the podcast. Join the APAN mailing list at apan.org.au for updates, news about actions you can get involved in and where you can donate to provide humanitarian assistance. Listen to other news and current affairs programs on 3CR that also cover Palestine. The oppression of the Palestinian people has been going on for 75 years. It has to stop. You can be part of making that happen by staying informed and active. APAN is a proud supporter of 3CR. Since 1954, Overland has been home to local and international literature, non-fiction and cutting-edge poetry. Overland Journal's subscriber drive is on now. Anyone who takes out an annual subscription between now and November the 10th will go on the draw to win heaps of prizes, receive four issues of Overland, and be supporting vital Australian literary culture. Overland Journal in print quarterly and online weekly. Head to overland.org.au to subscribe today. Overland Journal is a 3CR supporter. Our programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. 
We jail black males in Australia nationally at a rate five times greater than apartheid South Africa jailed black males in 1993. The suicide and self-harm rates are the highest in the world and the life expectancy gap is the biggest in the first world. You know, Australians don't like hearing the truth about how bad things are, but the more we resolve from it, the longer this is going to continue. Black fella.
الكلام بلفة من لا تنذعر هذا الكلام بلا يدي أنا لو عصرت رغيف خبزك في يدي لرأيت منه دمي يسيل على يدي This was Reem Banna, the absent one. After this one, I'm gonna play um, Sparrow by Marcel Khalifa. Jiran, 
الشمس اللي راح تطلع وتطلع على الغاب وشاف امواج الحريب تلمع قلت له لا تخاف تطلع شوف الشمس اللي راح تطلع وتطلع على الغاب وشاف امواج الحريب تلمع شاف جوانح عم بتزقزق من خلف بواب العلي شاف جوانح عم بتزقزق من خلف بواب العلي شاف الغابي عم بتحلق على جوانح الحري قلت له انت من وين قال لي من حدود السماء قلت له جاي من وين قال لي من بيت الجيران قلت له خايف من مين قال لي من القفص هربان قلت له ريشاتك وين قال لي فرفطها الزمان 
عصفور طل من الشباك وقال لي يا نونو So this was عصفور طل من الشباك Actually it's just called عصفور Sparrow um, Amazing poetry in there An amazing voice by Umayma Khalil And it's by Marcel Khalifi Who has been an amazing artist To support the Palestinian cause he's Lebanese a lot of his music feature Mahmoud Darwish who is an amazing poet um, as well um, and uh, I'll play one later uh, but for now I want to play Dawn by Faraj Suleiman who's a Palestinian pianist Thank you. 
thank um, Yasha for introducing me, Yasha from Beit Chai, who is Palestinian, for introducing me some to some of the Palestinian artists that I'll be playing. Um, this was Farash Suleiman on the piano, and the next one is going to be uh, by Camilla Joubran and Werner Hasseler. And the song is gonna is called Al Shata Al Akhar. Lam no 
this was Al Shati Al Akhar. Coming song is Tiflun, a child. By Marcel Khalifi and Umayma Khalil again. The lyrics are by Mahmoud Darwish. Oh 
this was Marcel Khalifi, Wana Amshi. Um, most of what I played is um, by Camilla uh, Gibran, Marcel Khalifi, Reem Banna. Um, and yeah, I can't necessarily um, remember which song specifically, but yeah, please look up these artists. Amazing, amazing voices, amazing song, amazing music for Palestine. Um, I guess this is the end of Salam Radio show for today. I hope you have a, a good Sunday afternoon and you stay strong and keep speaking up. Um, and we'll see you next week. Come to the protest uh, just before our show. And then tune in on your way home to Salam Radio. Um, there's Palestine Remembered show that is on Saturday uh, as well, Saturday morning. Um, and a lot of 3CR shows that are speaking um, uh, in solidarity with Palestine and against the genocide. Um, so, yeah, please stay tuned to 3CR. Um, and see you next time. Trying to queue up the next show. And, yeah. <laughs> have a few children's picture books or footy boots that your kids have outgrown but want to find them a loving home? Well, drop them in at 3CR and put them in the books and boots bin. 